Welcome back to the Halls We Wander. This is chapter two of the identity series. Last time, Adam and I talked about shame, and this time we're talking about more shame. More shame. But in the setting of the fall, specifically. So, also, what's interesting, the other day I was just, you know, reading up on the fall in good old Genesis. And I realized mm -hmm. the words never say anything about like the fall, like this is the fall of man, like humankind. Like it's just the title of that section. And yeah. I realized the titles weren't put in until way down the road. Sure. So what we call yeah. as the fall might not have been referred to as the fall for tons of people. Like before. Yeah. That, prior to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. a little interesting yeah. thing to think about. No, but. I didn't know that that was like the first and only time yeah. that it pops up in that, in that context. So yeah. Yeah. So mm. anyways, food for thought, <laughs> get it. <laughs> yeah. They I ate. guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I got it. Uh -huh. All right. Yeah. So welcome back. Uh, I'm Brody <laughs> and th that laugh you just heard is Adam. Hi. Yeah. So Adam, we started this new thing last week called weekly. Wow. Yeah. The thing that we said we'd come up with a new name for, and we haven't yet. We haven't yet. Yeah. Haven't come up with a new name. TBD. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Adam, what's your weekly wow a, this week? A weekly wow. So I know last time I talked about an upcoming movie, um, and so this time I am going to talk about a current television show. Ah, which one? One that I used to watch a while, or it, it was, it's been on Netflix. Phineas and Ferb. Yeah, you know me. You know me. You know me so well. Um, I love I've never show. seen a single second. You haven't? Oh no, my I gosh! Don't, I don't know anything about Phineas and Ferb. How did you know how many summer vacation days you had then? I, what? This the show in the theme song. It's there's a hundred and four days of summer vacation. School comes along, so everyone knew how many days of summer vacation. Oh there were. gosh, I thought you said how did I personally know? And I was like, I have no idea. Like, got it. But that show taught me. I've also never heard it that. It taught many before. other yeah. people in my cohort. How <laughs> my cohort of life. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. I feel very ignorant all of a sudden. Yeah. I don't yeah. know anything about that. No. It's anyways. Yeah. Okay, so a TV show. So anyway, yeah. So it's a show I started a long, long, long while ago. And I kind of I kind of stopped because it it felt just like kind of slow. Sure. And I just and I maybe I got busy with something and I just didn't get back around to it yeah but i picked it back up and it got really good so my weekly wow for this week is the television show better call saul which is a prequel to breaking bad uh see i thought so i haven't seen either of those yeah so i'm ignorant then in that sure sense. i'm reluctant to recommend breaking bad because it's so long based off of it's not super long and it's really really well done yeah um but sometimes I get a little nervous making recommendations when I'm like, I don't, I don't know what you're into. What do you like? What are you into? Yeah. Like, I think for some people, drugs is, you know, yeah, thing. it's a dark, so, I mean, Breaking Bad saw it. It's a dark, it's a dark show. Yeah. It's very dark. It's yeah. about the descent, like from a place of relative goodness into darkness. Whoa. And it's, it's ugly. It's kind of like what 
we're going to talk about today. Yeah, it kind of ties in, but I didn't do that on purpose. But okay. It's just a theme that shows up a lot in manga. Yes, it does. So, but I'm just reluctant to recommend it because some people really don't mind it, like, but some people really do mind graphic content. Yeah. It's not like way over the top. You could certainly find things that are far more graphic um, in popular culture. Yeah. But so I'm usually a little reluctant to recommend it. So if you're someone, Brody or anyone listening who is interested in a show like that, but is unsure, like, oh, is this for me? Like... IMDb. Maybe hit up. Parental there you guide. go. Parents yeah. got on IMDb or maybe there's... Focus on the family. Maybe there's articles about it. Yeah, I have yeah. no idea. I don't know where they would land on it. I'm getting... <laughs> They're gonna, not unbiased. I was like, I'm going to go out. I'm they have gonna, no bias. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're the one true objective group. They are. Earth. Yeah. No, I don't know where they would land on it. I'm assuming with family and their title, like maybe not yeah, so much. But not. anyway... Yeah. So, but Better Call Saul is a prequel to that show. Okay. And I don't want to spoil anything. It's just I would and I would still recommend watching Breaking Bad first. Yeah. That's the way the show is designed to be watched, mm-hmm. I think. But it's Better Call Saul is just such a slow burn. The amount of like relationship drama and not relationship in the sense of like oh will they won't they romantic y stuff. Like the it's, Bachelor. Yeah, yeah. When I think true romance, I think Bachelor, for sure. So do all. I know, yeah. I'm. Who doesn't love to watch true love? Right? Yeah. Come on. You got a problem with true love? I don't know. No. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, don't even get me started on that, <laughs> on that show. Um, yeah, but... <laughs> Let's talk about that show. So yeah. one of the most central pieces of drama in Better Call Saul is the tension between the main character uh, and his older brother. Mm-hmm. And just everything that goes down there. That dynamic. Yeah. And so there's so much context that they get into as the show goes on. There's 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 like the there's like a career element in the sense of like the older brother is this brilliant legal mind. Yeah. He's like a big time lawyer, partner at a giant firm. And his little brother has always been kind of a thieving con artist. I'll talk my way out of anything, get whatever I want, easy way out. And the younger brother is Jimmy, who is the main character of the show. And Saul's the older brother? No. What so the? Jimmy. Neither be- of them are Saul. Jimmy becomes Saul. You, you got to watch the show. Oh. Like, again, I don't want to spoil anything. So Jimmy is the younger brother who eventually he becomes Saul. Does he eventually become Paul? No. Okay. I don't think that transformation quite happens. <laughs> anyway, but so like there's this long context and it's just these two it's then you have him and so jimmy and his older brother and now jimmy's entering into the legal field yeah and his older brother cannot stomach it (laughs) and it's such a slow burn there's all these layers also adding up towards the breaking bad series yeah the prequel that it is it's just really good so i was wowed by that yeah i ended up watching more episodes than i thought i would in a short (laughs) amount of time but it's it's just good, especially when it takes off. In my opinion, it really takes off in season three. Probably feels like a long time to wait. Yeah. Especially for like 40 plus minute long episodes. You know, we need to learn how to wait though. I think our culture expects everything instantly. And so that's another conversation. <laughs> I was like, you just upped the ante on that one. But I was just commenting that 40 minutes is a long time to watch something that feels oh. kind of boring. Did you know that in Norway? So I guess this could be part of my weekly wow. But in Norway, there's a couple film directors who have made these films yeah. of like 
just putting a camera on a boat and sending the boat across the Pacific and people just watching like what this boat passes like for hours. Like literally like the slowest form of art. I forget what they call it, but these like hmm. documentaries have been made of like, yeah, just a camera out in the woods and people watching like this person walk around or something like that. Sure. And just hours of that type of footage. And yet people are getting into it. And so I don't know if it's just a weird Norwegian thing, but I think people are recognizing that, you know, we're constantly throwing all these stimuli mm -hmm. and finally to slow down and actually take in the stimulus and sure. just let it sit there. And so it's kind of like the TV shows that are a little more slow. Yeah. One quick thing. Yeah. So nor it's people from Norway are doing this. At least in Norway. That's what I heard about. It it was a film director from Norway who was making okay. these types of films. A Norwegian filmmaker. Yeah. I think I got confused when it was somebody from Norway who was setting sail across the Pacific. Oh. Do I have that right? Is no, that maybe it was the Atlantic. The Atlantic? Okay. Yeah, that would make more sense, was, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Hey, I'm going to just go I, hop I, on I mean, this boat I mean, right now in no, the Pacific. And I'm sure there's plenty of... <laughs> People from Norway who who have traveled across the have Pacific. been across the Pacific. I just that's interesting though. That was the one thing you got hung up on and <laughs> right from the beginning. Yeah, I, I no, that's fair. Yeah, I kind <laughs> geography is one. Ge of the... Geography is a big thing. So yeah. anyone listening who doesn't know, Adam knows like every country in the world. Like he can pinpoint it on a map. Almost. Almost. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Okay, so better call Saul. Yep. Better, yeah. I, and I know I accidentally said sometimes when it feels boring earlier. <laughs> okay. I think some of the episodes do feel a little slow at times. But again, I think that's part of the slow burn. Yeah. And now that I've been with the show long enough, it's like, oh yeah, all right, I see where that was coming from, yeah. where we're going. That's so, cool. Yes, kind of like yes, life. Committed. You know, one thing happens one week and then it takes a couple months, but then you're like, oh, that's why. All right, I'll stop I'm trying to. No, I'm, I'm laughing because like you're just like upping the ante on everything I say. Like, <laughs> I'm not trying to. It's like okay, yeah, all right. I guess that was a deep someone should be keeping or... a score of deep thoughts or something, <laughs> or attempted deep thoughts. Yeah, attempted deep thoughts. Mm -hmm. uh, good stuff. Weekly wow. Mm -hmm. Weekly wows. All right, so today we're gonna talk about the fall fun topic. As we drink our green tea with lemon. Yeah, we both have it today. And I'm I'm liking it. Good. I'm glad. It felt springy, so. Yeah. And it's kind of warm today. Mm -hmm. Warmish. So daylight savings happen. And so green what tea. What a gift. Yes. What a gift that is. The yeah. gift that keeps giving every year. Oh, it's so, back around. so wonderful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's sad for anyone for Lent who is like giving up clock changing <laughs> you can't do it i hadn't thought about that before <laughs> another deep thought yeah <laughs> yeah that was so dumb but <laughs> mm -hmm. sure who <laughs> i wonder if someone's thought of that like for Lent this year i'm not, i'm not doing daylight savings i think <laughs> <laughs> arizona they all decided that <laughs> A long time a ago. A long time yeah. ago. All right. I, yeah, I always, I always wonder why Arizona didn't get on board. There you go. It was for Lent. <laughs> a permanent Lenten practice. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, but anyways, right yeah. Then. No, it's good to have some green tea on daylight savings. That extra little boost of little caffeine. Good stuff. All right. <laughs> we discussed, right, as part two of the shame series, pivoting that direction now. In our last chapter, discussing what is shame, what is the impact of shame, mm-hmm. identifying shame as a lie, mm-hmm. or telling us lies, while also holding onto that tension sometimes of like, okay, I don't want to feel shame about I'm bad or terrible person. Yeah. Like, there's something inherently wrong with me. Yeah. But also holding like, oh, but this hasn't gone well or great or mm-hmm. that was a mistake or whatever. Shame and guilt. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And then you talked about like ret- retributive justice versus restorative justice. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, just kind of talking about how do we address some of these things, yeah. which we're going to talk further about yep. at a later date. But for this section, um, or this chapter, I should say, we're looking to discuss. How did we get here? How did we get here? Well, I drove. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe maybe I should talk for a few minutes and you can... Yeah, I need, I need Brody, to get all okay. the... Brody's going to take a little bit of a time out. I'm going to take a walk. I want you to go to the corner yeah. and I want you to think about what you've done. Uh, oh. And I don't know how restorative that actually is. I don't think it's very restorative no, at all. Yeah. We could really get into that... We don't have to. Were timeouts restorative or were they retributive? You'd, you'd end up just like upping the ante or making another pun out of it. I still remember mm-hmm. sitting in the corner actually one time at my house. Like we had this old cabinet mm-hmm. and it was on this floor and it was very fluffy blue carpet. I remember I was told to go sit in the corner. It's yeah. behind a door mm-hmm. in the corner of this room. And I just sat there picking at this blue carpet. And I'm pretty sure the blue carpet got worn down because of all the timeouts I had sure. sitting there. Sure. But I remember specifically sitting there going, this is so dumb. Yeah. Why am I sitting here? And our two listeners know exactly know. what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So what you're saying is last weekend was hard for you. Yeah. Yeah. Really hard. That's brutal. Yeah, I get that. I'm never doing chores again. Yeah, forget it. I'm out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So really, um, the fall. How did we get here? Where Where does this shame come from? Mm-hmm. Which feels like a very huge and complicated question. Yeah. It seems to be a theme in like what we are discussing so far in these chapters. Things that just feel like what <laughs> where do you even start with a lot of this stuff? Yeah. But where does it come from? And I was thinking, as one does. As one does. And I was like, I wonder, is there like a story or some sort of place we can point to? Uh, maybe maybe some that isn't explicitly biblical. Like a movie. Perhaps a movie. A good movie. Hopefully people think it's good. suppose that might be a slightly objective, subjective, I should say. That's true. Yeah. But I'm thinking of, you know, I was thinking about like, what's a story that kind of can kind of shed some light on where does this shame come from in a, in a very flyby sort of way? Yeah. You know, not to go too in depth into yep. any of this. So I thought of a small movie franchise. Hit me. Uh, it's called the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Yeah, I know. It's, they're not really movies. No. So, yeah, as a famous director has said. Yeah. So <laughs> I wouldn't expect you to hear of them. Uh, but I went to a... I went to what I think is one of the better movies in that overall universe. The third part 
of the Ant-Man. Thor trilogy. That <laughs> Ant-Man is to come. That's true. I right. I think there's another Ant-Man yeah, coming. There's got to be. We'll see what I happens. Assume. Yeah. Paul Rudd's not done. He's no. not done. No. He ain't done yet. He's also eternally youthful. I think he turned 50. Really? Mm-hmm. Dang. Not that 50's old. No. It's not. Not at all. No, it's not. not. No, it's not. Yeah. But, but, he, but I mean, in the sense, like, he looks very young. He I, does. I think. Yeah. Okay, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. So, no, we're not going to the third Ant-Man movie, which, to my knowledge, has not been made yet. Nope. Nope. Uh, the third part of the Thor trilogy... Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Stick with me on this one. All right. I'm <laughs> as we discuss the origins of shame. Yes. Yeah. We're going there. Yeah. So there will be two focuses, I think, uh, in discussing the origin of shame in light of Thor Ragnarok. I want to say right off the bat, this is not a perfect analogy. Nope. Uh, it really is not. It's not a. It's not an exhaustive definition of the origin of shame and how we got where we where we are. And we also want to make sure that we're putting Thor Ragnarok into conversation with the biblical narrative surrounding shame and where it comes from. And sadly, we don't have any scholarly sources to pull from on this. Not currently <laughs> correlation. Um, so. This may be an original conversation we're about to have. It may be. I don't know. Like, I don't know. There's probably some random YouTube video out there that I haven't, that I, I didn't go looking. There's nothing but new under the sun. This is true. I, this idea has got to be out there somewhere. It's got to be. But we'll leave it up to, I'll leave it up to you, bro, to decide if this is a flimsy analogy or not. Okay. So maybe it's not even worth talking about. Yeah. You but. never know. Thor Ragnarok, the fall. How did we get here? Where did shame come from? I zeroed in on like one scene from Thor Ragnarok. Which, and I should probably apologize too if people haven't seen this or don't care for superhero movies. But movie itself, uh, so Ragnarok is in Norse mythology. This is just my super basic understanding. Uh, Ragnarok is essentially like the end of the world. Yeah. Right? Or at least the world as we know it. It's Ragnarok being more like apocalyptic. Yeah. So this movie is ultimately building up to what is the destruction of Thor's homeworld, Asgard. So in the movie, Thor, I don't remember all the details, but basically Thor is out, like, he starts off fighting, like, this big baddie in the beginning, goes back, confronts his brother, who's, like, impersonating their father, Odin, Loki, the trickster that he is, mm -hmm. when at one point, I don't, again, I have to go back and rewatch it, <laughs> Hela uh, reveals herself, she appears, and Hela, it turns out, is, like, Thor's long-lost sister, and maybe not necessarily long lost, but more long exiled, banished. Because Hela is the goddess of death. Mm -hmm. And she's not the most fun person to be around. That doesn't sound fun. No. Uh, she's kind of intense. Played by Kate Blanchett. Which is surprising. Ugh. Anyways. You are surprised because she played Galadriel. Yeah. In Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And she's like, uh, like, yeah, an angel. very angelic. Yeah. And it's like, Oh. Although she, she does have that one scary scene. Yeah, she does have that yeah. part. That's true, though. I might just be yeah. biased because, yeah. What can we say? I mean, Kate Blanchett. She's got range. Yeah, she does. It's true. That's she's true. She's, she's, she's a really good actress. Yep. Anyway, so Hela starts to take over. Thor gets, like, thrown out of Asgard. I don't exactly... Again, I probably should just rewatch the whole movie. But <laughs> it's cast out he gets cast now. out in a way. And so she's kind of left, like, wreaking havoc. Mm -hmm. on as she's like consolidating power and reclaiming the throne of asgard which she believed rightfully belongs to her 
she's the oldest. She, you know, she ends up sharing a story and revealing that like she and Odin work together mm-hmm. uh, to create the prosperity of, As- of Asgard and the peace that they have. Anyway, so there's the scene that I zeroed in on was Hela, the goddess of death, is approaching the throne where Thor is sitting. It's after he's gone through like this journey. He gets partnered back up with the Incredible Hulk. They travel back to Asgard. They pick up Valkyrie, which is a she's an awesome character too. And they head back to to Asgard to try to take down Hela and reclaim the world. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Thor's infiltrated. Asgard. Thor's basically. back. He's yeah. back. Sitting on the throne. Sitting on the throne. This giant gold throne. He's like, this is mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Hela's walking up to him, and Hela starts to speak of Asgard's past. Mm-hmm. Right? And this is actually something that has been revealed prior to this scene, too. At one point, Hela walks into, like, the grand, like, hall, sure. or the throne room, which is this huge thing. Huge space, and, like, she, like, throws these, they look like daggers or something. Um, yeah. She chucks them up into the ceiling, at, up at this like beautiful mural, Asgard in all of its glory, all like these peaceful thing, all these peaceful pictures mm-hmm. um, depicted. Anyway, the benevolence of Odin and and yeah. Asgard. Anyway, she throws these things up at the ceiling, attacks the mural. The mural falls down, and you see underneath it like is this a, what looks like the original mural, which is like blood red, like all these depictions of war conquest yeah like power grabs it's death. like it's like there's the little kid drawing of noah's ark in their room with all the little nice animals and then you ripped it off and behind is all these screaming animals and crashing waves and it's like oh my gosh <laughs> that's what happened did that happen to you <laughs> no okay I was like, what is that? anyway anyway yeah it's but it's yeah it's it's, the, like it's this glamorized version right that maybe cuts out some of like the the gruesome parts yeah the gruesome parts are like the ugly parts of like no we conquered to get here mm-hmm. right anyway so hella is speak she is speaking of the past that asgard's peace and prosperity is built on blood and conquest i think what's tricky here is hella kind of st- again not a perfect analogy but yeah. I see Hela as standing in for shame and Hela also stands in for, as we'll talk a little bit more about like the Genesis story of the fall mm-hmm. right? in Genesis chapter three, like Hela stands in as sort of like the serpent in the way, yeah. in a way, in a sense of like both Hela and the serpent are accusers, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're, they're constantly accusing and they're constantly reminding you of like where it's either a lie or they're telling you where you went wrong, right? Yeah. Um, and turning that into a lie. Yeah. Um, but what I find interesting about Hela and her standing in as, as the serpent, as the accuser, and Hela also kind of being shame in this context, mm-hmm. like Hela is speaking truthfully mm-hmm. of the past. Yeah. She's showing the ugliness yeah. of it. The, and the true colors. Yeah. Which, the, at least in my interpretation of the movie, Again, that I haven't seen in a while, but it doesn't give us a reason to think that she's lying. It seems like, no, this this seems to be true. And yeah. Thor seems to acknowledge this as well. Mm-hmm. We can touch on that a little later. And I think that's one of like the complex and scary things about shame in some ways is like the origin of shame, especially, is that a lot of it's rooted in truth. Mm-hmm. Not all of it at all. Like yeah. there, there are things that we experience that perhaps we chose, perhaps we didn't choose, mm-hmm. right? That creates shame. Yeah. Um, so I don't at all want to broadcast this message of 
oh, if you're feeling shame, it must be rooted in something bad you've done in the past, right? Yeah. Shame can certainly arise at no fault to us Mm -hmm. at all. In this particular instance, and I think in a lot of instances, shame rises out of the guilt. Like, I did something bad. And we talked about that in our previous chapter. chapter, Yeah. yeah. I did something bad, and shame takes it a step further. You are are bad. bad. It's not that you did something bad, because what you did was bad, Mm -hmm. but you are bad. But so Hella is speaking out of this place of this is your legacy, mm-hmm. right? This is this is the truth. So when we're thinking about the origins of shame, I think we need to acknowledge that for us as human beings, we are inheritors of brokenness. So kind of like that sin of the past. Mm-hmm. We're inherited we are inheritors of blood. Mm-hmm. Like realizing like, oh, we we come from a legacy that like has maybe perhaps caused like cost people live their lives yeah or perhaps has drawn blood in the sense of like it's caused some significant wounds yeah and we are inheritors of guilt our shame arises from that past so we're like born into this shameful sort of system yeah. right where shame just kind of gets perpetuated and that shame also flows into our present so hella in this instance is thor's accuser while she ultimately is a liar in saying that she is the savior of Asgard and that she has a better claim to the throne, mm-hmm. which maybe the throne claim that feels a little bit different, but the fact that she calls herself the savior of Asgard, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> that's a lie. Yeah, and maybe she believes it, but it doesn't change the fact that it's a lie. She is still speaking an element of truth over who we are, or at minimum who we have been. And so one of the things she says to Thor. Is like, it seems our father's solution to every problem was to cover it up. Yeah. Again, referencing that mural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like ultimately flowing out of the past, like Thor's ancestry has handed him a throne that was partially achieved on the death of others. That throne was partially built up and like the power of that throne was mm-hmm. accomplished based off of the conquest and death of others. And in a similar way, um, I think that our humanity has given us a legacy of mm-hmm. shame shame through rebellion again we'll talk a little bit more about the garden the legacy of corruption the ways that we continue to like continue to rebel because we are corrupt and corrupt yeah. systems too i think absolutely yeah Huge. and this is i think this is going to like part of that legacy is inheriting that right yeah and so systematic exactly like yeah yeah like you and i didn't build systems yeah. right but yeah. yet, yet here we are yeah being corrupted by those systems and in certain ways, like perpetuating, them. perpetuating them and, yeah. and, and benef- benefiting, benefiting, benefiting from, from them. them. Yeah. Exactly. I think, I mean, racism in our society today is so like, that's a key thing that sticks out to me with this is like, we've inherited a racist system and it's like, we can either choose to acknowledge that mm-hmm. and like see, Oh yeah. Like this is a part of our past and it's affecting our present or, yet do we just ignore it and kind of just keep covering it up like Odin did, I guess, with this mural. Sure. You know, Mm -hmm. so. So rebellion and corruption, we have a legacy of idolatry, Mm -hmm. pursuing things other than God. Yeah. Um, And we also just have a legacy of sin in general, ways in which we fall short of the glory of God. So that's kind of like the past, right? This is what we've inherited. And then flowing into our lives today, we're not solely bound to the past. We can acknowledge like, no, that is that is the past. It plays a role today. However, like... That doesn't our, have to be our present. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, we still get, we still have in some ways a choice, right? Yeah. In what we can do with that legacy that's been handed to us. Mm -hmm. But acknowledge, we need to acknowledge that shame plays a role, not only in that legacy, but it still plays a role in our lives today. That idea of like shame causes us to strive to prove that we're good enough. Hmm. Right. For those who are maybe trying to rectify the past or come to terms with it. Right. Yeah. How do we, how do we convince ourselves? How do we convince others that we're good, that we are good enough? I think that's, I think that's the question that shame drives us towards. Um, it's a question we can get lost in too. And I mean, that shows up in this Hella quote, right? She tells Thor, to be honest, I expected more. Here's the difference between us. I'm Odin's firstborn, the rightful heir, the savior of Asgard, and you're nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So pushing Thor and how are you worthy? You're not worthy. Yeah. Yeah. You're not worthy of this. Um, and so she says, to be honest, I expected more. That's when they're fighting. She's mm -hmm. like, you're weak. Yeah. Right? And then ultimately she's beating him bad, yeah. badly. And then she's there to tell him very quickly, like, you are nothing. Yeah. Like, get out of the way. I am more powerful than you. Yeah, that's kind of like the garden then with Adam and Eve. Like, after they, they ate of the fruit, you know, after their ugliness has mm -hmm. been ugliness in quotations. Yeah. Uh, because I, once again, this is a very, our bodies have become such a shamed thing. And it's like, yep. that's not, so I don't want to say their naked bodies were in ugliness because that's just perpetuating shame with bodies, which I think is really negative. And we could do a whole podcast chapter on that. Um, probably. Yeah. That's just such a huge part of our society. But anyways, so not to, to go down that route and yeah. equating the two, but ugliness mm -hmm. in the sense of their sin has been discovered and they hide, right? They attempt to, sure. to cover it up. And so, yeah, that's kind of like this of Hela has made this known to Thor and she's telling him, yeah, you're, you're nothing because like, yeah. because of this, like you're nothing. Sure. And you can't, you can't be the rightful heir to the throne. Yeah. I think that parallels with the garden story and the fall. Adam and Eve then believe, okay, God is here, like mm -hmm. walking in the garden we're not worthy to go and to walk with God. Yeah. Like we're not worthy. Sure. Uh, we have this thing that we did and we're nothing. Yeah. So how do we react then to this like fall? Because it, it I don't know. It's cause yeah, this isn't a perfect analogy, mm -hmm. but it's getting at the idea that we're not worthy because of something yeah shame's not the whole story so what what happens next mm -hmm. yeah so basically getting an idea that this is saying how shame is keeping you in the past and yeah. we need to break out of the past because the past is not who we are even if it's shaped things yeah the serpent's lie was that we need something more and hella's lie is you're not enough mm -hmm. and so both lead in the thor analogy lead thor to believe he's not worthy and in the fall believe it leads us to believe that we're not worthy yeah and so we are cast out mm -hmm. right yep. of what was originally intended so hella tells thor he's nothing 
shame tells Thor, the legacy of shame tells Thor that he's nothing. Mm-hmm. And Hela, like I mentioned earlier, being a Thor's accuser, right? That accuser, Hela, she stands strong. She's growing more and more powerful the longer she's on Asgard in the movie. And unfortunately, the accuser is rooted in a half-truth. Mm-hmm. It's true. Like, Thor, he's not enough. Mm-hmm. He's He has screwed up, mm-hmm. right? He has fallen short, as well as the legacy has fallen short. Thor, like, kind of seen his character development across the three Thor movies, especially, but then also in some of the other films he's in, in the cin- Marvel Cinematic Universe, like, he's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. he, he hasn't always been part of the solution. Yeah. So, she's accused us with this half-truth, she's accused Thor with this half-truth, and yet Thor stands. Because Thor is not limited to his inherited legacy. While that is part, like, the past he can't change, right? Yeah. He needs to just own that. Yeah. Thor is not barred from growth in his own story. He mm. still has an opportunity to make a choice and to do what he views as best. Yeah. Right. So Thor has that choice and he realizes like, no, he's not, he's not powerless in this. Mm-hmm. Like he, he is the God of thunder, right? Yeah. He can command lightning. He has a, he's got a hammer. He's got, and in that movie, he doesn't have a hammer. Yeah. Anyway, or at least in that part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But similar to us, like, we're not powerless when, like, our self-help books fail us. <laughs> sure. Um, or any methods that we use to cope fail us. Yeah. The ways in which we used to tell ourselves, like, oh, no, like, shame doesn't have power, right? Yeah. Um, if you're like me, like, I've cycled through things in my life that help me combat shame. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes those things that used to help me, like, suddenly aren't working anymore. Yeah. And I need to, like, I just need to go in a different direction. Right? Yeah. To try and, like, fight against it. But... We're not powerless. Thor is not powerless. We're not gods. But on the flip side of that, like, our accuser also is not a god. Yeah. We possess a power that's beyond our understanding. And that power is the truth. Mm -hmm. And what is the truth? Yeah. For us, I think it's the truth of the resurrection, Mm -hmm. of the overcoming of shame, the overcoming of death, the resurrection of Jesus. And we're going to talk more about this at a later date. Um, but the fact that we're not alone in our shame and touching, and again, we'll get into this, but touching a bit here on like back, going back to Brene Brown and what she says about how shame, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, shame cannot stand in the light of empathy. Yeah. So not a direct quote, but that's Brene. Yeah. <laughs> um, Brene Brown. Shame, so good. Yes. Shame cannot stand in the light of empathy. Like we're not alone. Thor is not alone. He's been given, he's been given power part of like our reaction to our legacy of shame we have to learn that shame is not the whole story yeah yeah it is not the whole story and thor is in this place where he is getting at again absolutely destroyed by hella she is so powerful and he has this vision of his father odin and this is after in the fight like thor loses his right eye Mm -hmm. similar to odin who wears an eye patch But Odin says to him, even when you had two eyes, you'd see only half the picture. You're not seeing the full extent of the power that you've been given, the authority that you have. And it's the authority that has been handed to you, right? Yeah. And again, maybe the analogy breaks down a little bit. He had to prove his worthiness in in earlier movies. And it seems like he's consistently having to prove his worthiness. Mm Mm-hmm. But recognizing like, no, you only see half the picture. Yeah. Yeah here is and and maybe i'm i might be stretching here a little bit but yeah here is this legacy 
here's what you've been handed. Mm-hmm. However, what's the other half of the picture? Right. Yeah. Odin, like, and Hella talks about this, like Odin, like at one point just decided to turn away from war yep. and become benevolent and peaceful, which yeah. seemed to have sick- sickened Hella. Mm-hmm. She thought that was just wrong. Probably why she was casted out. Yeah. And Thor, I think in a similar way has this opportunity to choose. Huh. Yeah. You can lean into like the, the shameful legacy. You can perpetuate it. You can attempt to grow in power or you can choose something else. Huh. Brings me to one of the final points I wanted to make about our reaction uh, to shame. And Thor knows that our reaction to the shame, our reaction to shame of the past cannot be letting shame now take the lead. We can't live a life that is fully informed by that shame. So Thor says, again, talking to Hela, he goes, believe me, I would love someone else to rule. Thor's like, I would love to give this throne away. And if, Spoiler alert, eventually he does, yeah. right? In Endgame. Yep. He gives it to someone else. Whoa. Yeah. Um, but he's like, I would love to have someone else rule. But he looks at Hell and he just says, but it can't be you. because You're just the, the worst. worst. <laughs> you are yes. the worst. And so Thor fights. <laughs> he fights her. You know, even how powerful she is, even how right she might be in some aspects. Mm-hmm. It's true. Like Thor has inherited a tainted throne. It's covered in blood and the blood is covered up by gold, right? Like yeah. It's just like, and perhaps we've, Thor has done his part to taint that throne as well, mm-hmm. like with the mistakes he's made. But again, he still has the opportunity, opportunity to choose the good. Yeah. So, to, uh. so I think with shame, like we have, again, just to kind of summarize here quickly, like Thor has inherited so much shame, similar to us. We yep. have inherited shame. Humanity has done a number of things, right? A number of atrocities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to put it lightly. And that's real. Yeah. We can't can't change it, can't get away can't from that. Can't get away from that. The, the, the impact, the effects are still here. Gotta name it, yeah. And in our own lives, we have added to our own personal shame, mm-hmm. or we have worked to perpetuate the shame of the past. It continues on through us, Yeah. right? As it, as it echoes forward. Mm-hmm. But in light of all that shame, that's only half the picture. And we have a power that is given to us. And not pa- and I don't want to use that word power in like a, oh, just pray hard enough. Yeah, kind of like last time we were talking. Exactly. If you just say Jesus enough, yeah. then it'll like, be Yeah, okay. it'll be good. And you can, or you can pretend that never happened. Or, yeah. you know, and that's not, again, we're not trying to ignore <laughs> just the deep rooted pain of that shame yeah. and what it might flow out of. Like, yeah. and some like that is work that, so, I mean, there are certain aspects of shame. I think that we can work through on our own mm-hmm. possibly fairly quickly, depending on what it is and who we are and the support system we have in place. Right. Yeah. But some of this is deeply rooted that it's not necessarily something that we will ever move past. Mm-hmm. Right. Fully. Fully. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. so again, Fully want to acknowledge that that hurt and how deeply rooted these things are. Mm-hmm. There are no easy way outs. Yeah. Well, easy ways out, I should yeah. say. Well, yeah, because it's like, it's a, it's what I describe it as to a lot of people is it's a wound, right? We're, we've been wounded, mm-hmm. but we're healing. Mm-hmm. And our whole life is this healing process of recognizing, oh, yeah, yeah, I have that scar. Yeah. But it's in the past. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not me right now. Yeah. And so, yeah, seeing yeah. that through Thor's uh, reclaiming of the throne yeah. 
is awesome. And I, lo- I love that line, like, you're just the worst. You were just like, the worst. <laughs> can everyone just listen, like, say that to whatever shame just the they're listening worst. to? Just yeah. look at it and go, you're the worst. You're just the you know, worst. like, hop off. Like, yeah. it, it's time for a different uh, identity to be mm-hmm. taken on. And, and yeah. Well, are you or I just wanted to jump in and say too, like off the scar piece, yeah. like we have, like we do have scar tissue, mm-hmm. like certainly, like maybe there are things that like, that was a part of my story. Yeah. And here's how I've come to terms with it. Here's how I have healed. Yeah. Right. Again, I want to acknowledge like healing, not easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and sometimes, sometimes it takes a long time mm-hmm. and perhaps it's not something in this life that can be fully healed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I want to acknowledge too, that like, of it. absolutely. Yeah. And I want to acknowledge too, like there are times when we can, maybe we do, maybe like we might have this wound that is just always going to be hurting mm-hmm. <laughs> and perhaps we've scarred something over and there are times or maybe rhythms or like what's like cycles. cycles. Thank yeah. you. In your life where you're going to go back and, realize oh wait that scar has been reopened reopened. yeah Yeah. and there's there is grace in that (laughs) yeah not yeah well i i've been there i know how how in maddening and painful it is to like Mm -hmm. revisit something again and again and again i would never claim to fully understand someone's story like yeah i don't think i can fully grasp my own most of the time (laughs) so i don't want to oversimplify anything yeah but just acknowledge it like, yeah, this isn't like a one-time transaction of you're the worst and yeah. And then that's it. And then you move on. It's back like, to no. the pits of hell. Yeah. Hella. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. No. Cause yeah, you know, there'll, there'll be the other hellas that come up, but yeah, it's this process of, and I think you were hitting on this when you were talking about how, you know, Thor didn't, he wasn't deemed worthy yet to have the throne in the earlier movies. Like, yeah, but he finally gets to this point. But once again, I don't think that's because of something he's done, but it's because of the real, the final realization that it's not based on something you've done, that it's based on simply who you are. And Thor is Odin's son, the mm-hmm. heir of Asgard. That's who he is. He doesn't have to be Thor, the god of thunder, like mighty and powerful yeah. because, you know, I'm Chris Hemsworth and I have, you know, an eight pack and all this, like whatever, Mm -hmm. like it's nothing based on what he has done or what he can do, but it's based on who he is. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a really good analogy to us in that us coming to grips with the fact that no matter how hard we try, no matter what we do, no matter how many you know, mission trips we go on or how much money we give to Mm -hmm. the church or how many, you know, the classic evangelical, how many people have you saved? Like, you know, like once we realize that our salvation, our identity is not based on any of that, that it's based on simply being made in God's image. Yeah. Then it's like, well, that's when we finally live into this identity that we've had all along we just haven't realized it Mm -hmm. and so i think in thor you see him thinking it's the hammer right yeah and he has this line uh she's too strong without my hammer i can't and then is it odin Odin, who says yeah he says are you thor the god of hammers 
Hmm. That hammer was to help you control your power to focus it. It was never your source of strength. Oh, like that's it. Like that's like Christians mm. everywhere. Hello. Mm. Like <laughs> your faith, your beliefs, your works, everything, like all of that, like that was that's meant to focus in on what your identity is. Yeah. But that's not your identity. Yeah. Like that's not the thing itself. And so no matter how many times you failed or, you know, you don't have your hammer in Thor's case, like it's regardless, you are still a child of God. And that's, ah, that's just so freeing. That's Mm -hmm. like, yep. Like we, we don't have to believe the lies that have stemmed from this fall we can choose to live in the created intended identity that we've been given mm-hmm. and that we still have. Mm-hmm. It's just been, we've just been wounded. Yeah. We've just been scarred, mm-hmm. but that doesn't change us. It just makes life a little more painful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I dig it. Dude. Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> I bet whoever actually well, like, listen to this whole thing, I bet has to at some point in the conversation go, I'm listening to two men talk about Thor Ragnarok <laughs> in relation to the fall. The fall. Heck yeah. <laughs> Humankind, what? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so good. Okay, do you have any closing thoughts? We did promise to talk a bit more about the garden. <laughs> yeah right and like the fall narrative that's true yeah thor thor colon ragnarok yeah and like i think like we said beginning too like i i don't i don't know maybe somebody's made this correlation before or like put put, put thor ragnarok in in conversation with genesis chapter three um it's probably happening yeah i bet there's maybe there's like a whole bunch of videos out there i don't know but, you know, I think we, we've developed the analogy quite a bit, right? And so maybe not necessarily, we don't necessarily need to, like, spend a ton of time here in Genesis 3. But, because mm-hmm. it is, like, I think Thor's story in, in some ways, I, again, all analogies, or not the perfect analogy, all, like, what's that phrase? All analogies break down eventually, right? Yeah, something like that. Something, yeah. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. But to relate it back directly to, like, the garden of Eden. And, you know, I think regardless of how you read this story, it, yeah. you know, if you take it is literally it or is, is it, figurative? is it poetic? Like, is it another? Yeah. So, I mean, we're not touching that right now. Um, however you want to read it. Like, uh, there's still this idea of like, we, as humanity, like we had this connection, right. Mm-hmm. With God, this like throne we were given, right? Mm-hmm. As people, as created to be people who are caring for the earth and stewarding it well, and um, sin has se- severed it. Yeah, yeah. And in comes the serpent, right? Mm-hmm. Who, similar to Hela, is a is an accuser, mm-hmm. right? And the serpent like makes accusations of God, mm-hmm. right? Oh, this is why God doesn't want you to eat from that the tree of good and evil, yep. right? Tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right? Yeah. So, he, serpent tells a lie about God. And then makes an accusation of us too, mm-hmm. right? I think it's maybe a bit more of an implicit accusation, at least as I read it. But this idea of like, oh, he told you not to eat of it. And he accuses God of why. <laughs> like, yeah. um, it's because he knows you, you would be just like God. And God doesn't want, want to share any of God's glory, mm-hmm. right? And then 
the implicit accusation of humans is like, hey, like live into your potential, right? Yeah. Like you're you're falling short. So the accuser comes in, causes that, and then we end up in this like shameful place yeah. of like hiding from God, covering ourselves up. And, and yeah. Yeah. And so whether that's something that, like you said, whether it literally happened or didn't, it's what humanity lives in constantly. Mm -hmm. Like I see that in my own life, like, uh, and we were talking about this earlier, but mm -hmm. yeah, I see that in how I pursue things so intellectually mm -hmm. and I love just trying to figure out the world and figure out God and figure out yeah. everything. But my pursuit of that is often not, it's not beneficial. It's not helpful. It's not loving because it's uh, this pursuit that is selfish, right? It's me trying to control things and I want to understand things so that I can maybe control them or be able to tell people, you know, what's, what's true and what's like yeah. actually right. And it's this form of a hammer, right? It's uh -huh. like theology, like knowledge, like they're tools for us to use to live into our identity, but they're not our identity. And if we're pursuing these things without that's coming from this identity of, oh, wow, I just, like, I am a child of God. Like, I just want to sit in that and be with God and do what God mm -hmm. wants of me. And instead, if it becomes this thing where, no, if I am going to be a child, I have to do this thing, then it just becomes such a source of shame. And it's itself a continuing of shame of living in this place of somehow, in some way, I am not enough on my own. I need this other thing. Yeah. So in the way that Thor is powerless without his hammer. Without his hammer. Or he believes he's powerless. Or he powerless. believes he is until, yeah. he, until he's corrected. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so there's this guy named Will Sampson who wrote a book called Enough. And so he says that consumerism is a way of thinking about stuff that believes the consumption of things, food, cars, ideas, and books, new models of church is what will really finally make us content. And he goes on to say how... Like some of these things are great and they're generative in life, but they also have the possibility to swallow us whole. I mean, the ideas part is what really hit me when I read that. I was like, oh, my ideas, I think that they matter so much. And at the end of the day, like they might lead me to love someone better, but they're not my savior. Like my ideas mm -hmm. aren't what's my identity. Like. And so, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Going back to the fall, we've believed that we needed to consume, right? Adam and Eve believed they needed the fruit mm -hmm. because it would make them wise. And no, like whether, whether that was intended at some point down the road for them to eat, um, we have no idea. Maybe God was like, you know, like, yes, eventually someday I want you to know this. Like, I want you to know the difference between good and evil but they've been told like not yet like not now like this isn't for you sure and went against it because we wanted to consume that thing we thought we needed and we didn't we didn't so it's this the common story of humanity and civilizations i think throughout history shows us this theme mm -hmm. over and over and over again you need this actually no we don't <laughs> so mm-hmm yeah. Yeah.
Uh, yeah. So, so that is our take on the origins of shame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a very nerdy way of getting there. Very nerdy. Kind of like, I feel like we uh, used shame and sin really interchangeably, interchangeably sure. which is interesting. If you think about it too. It's like, huh. I, I think it's hard to peel them apart. Yeah. They're, they go hand in hand so easily. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and we made this distinction kind of last time. Yeah. Guilt and shame, the difference and mm-hmm. shame being sinful because we're taking on like this weird form of pride of yeah. like, it's, it's based on me. Yeah. Like, it's all based on me. I'm sure. It's not mm-hmm. like, yeah. So, so cool. It again, just our take. Yeah. Uh, nothing new under the sun and not exhaustive. Yeah. But yeah, it feels like for now that, I don't know, I think for both of us, that makes sense. It makes sense. Right? So, if, yeah, yeah. If people are listening and they're like, what the heck? How did you not even talk about this? Part? How do you not talk about this part? Or yeah. That part? Or why did you even talk about this? Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. Uh, yeah. We love you too. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> we appreciate it. Yeah. That's a lot to listen to if you've been confused the whole time. So props to you. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Well, next time we're going to talk about... Something we've been touching on quite a bit, but we just haven't fully stepped into. Yeah. Right? Yep. And uh, it'll be good. It'll be a good time. Talking about like, what is re- what is this redemption in light of shame? And like, mm-hmm. how do we like pull ourselves out of our shame cycles? Yeah. 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 And stay tuned also for some other podcast chapters not related to this series. Yeah. Yeah. We're not sure what order we're going to go in. No. Might, might drop in a few random things here. Yeah. yeah. But we'll see. There, there are things to come. Okay. Want to hit them with the old, good old, uh, I'm, nope. I'm never going to say it. All right. Well, if you're listening, you know. Wherever you go, Adam, you got it? No, I'm, you need to stop, stop asking. It's not going to happen. It just makes an awkward, long, weird exit. I'm having fun. Watching you squirm in your chair. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Wherever you go, there you are. Boom. Boom. Exit music. (laughs) 